0: When things get out of control, Jesus is still in control. That Jesus here will show his deity through his sovereignty, his exercise of power over all creation.
1: listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor at the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard. Glad that you're with us today as we begin a message entitled, Hold On, I'm Coming. Uh, Pastor, you, you reminded us just a moment ago that even when things in our life feel completely out of control, Jesus is still in control. And, you know, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to see how Jesus was in control there. Um, But when we don't actually see the physical presence of Jesus in front of us day to day, I think it can be a challenge for us to remember that, well, no, he's got this too. I think so. He said this when he rose from the dead.
0: He said, I am he who was dead and now I'm alive and I have the keys of death, hell and the grave. And Mm, so so are death and hell. And so what is death? Death is that which holds the body. Hell is that which holds the soul. He's sovereign, you know. And so we've talked about this before. If he's sovereign over death, everything else is less because the Bible says our last great enemy is death. Well, he already defeated death. So on Calvary, we go back to Calvary for that victory. Why? Because we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Jesus Christ won the victory for us at Calvary when he died and shed his blood. And then he sealed the deal when he rose from the dead. And so here it is. We talked about this once before. Let's try to expand on it. We talked about the distinction between faith and feeling. So here's Mm -hmm. what I need to do. I need to be able to just know facts about the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. So here's what I do. I don't know what everybody else does. I go into Scripture, and I look at circumstances and situations that were adverse, uh, that was uh, trial and tribulation and trouble. And I see, for example, like Joseph went to the pit, then to Potiphar's, and then to prison, and then to the palace. And I understood something. Even though he went through all of that adversity, God was still with him. Two times it says it. Mm -hmm. And God used the stumbling blocks as stepping stones. Sure, yeah. Now, when I arm myself with that mentality, and that, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. yeah. So what we're trying to get Christians to do is arm yourself with the mentality that comes from the word of God. So the devil says, you can't defeat me. I respond, I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Greater is he that's in me than you, devil. Yeah. He says, You don't have the power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm always making sure that I'm going by the word and making him sovereign. You don't have what you need, but my God shall supply all my. What's all means, Steve? All means all. It's that's all All means. That's all it means. And so that's what we want to do, develop yes. a, a mentality where we're thinking with the mind of Christ.
1: And as you do, you, you know, you say you'll be amazed at how your faith grows, how your spiritual maturity Try. takes off, and Try. what your relationship with Jesus then looks like. You preach it, brother. Well, let's get into Matthew 14 so that you can preach it. Here is. Hold on. I'm coming. Sister Triplett
0: has been at Christ's Bible Church for over 40 years that, that means she's here before uh, I was even here and she's participated and led myriads of ministries in the church uh, most of them have been in her gift area which is the gift of helps and, and so she's always helping always here and and we praise the Lord for that and, and so she she was a that's good you can you, you can praise yeah you give honor to whom honor is due yeah, yeah. she was in the choir before we came when they had one, and then they stopped it. When my wife started one, she was the first member to come and say, I'll help you, Sister Ford. So, and she's still sitting in the choir after 36 years of being here. That's faithfulness. That's what you call faithfulness. Amen. So go ahead and give her a hand. Amen. Amen. And so there was one period of time uh, where she was uh, uh, letting the church know what was going on. And so she had a designation. She became affectionately known as the Death Angel. (laughs) They called her the Death Angel because when somebody would go home to be with the Lord, she's the one that calls. And so everybody start affectionately call her, oh, here's the Death Angel, you know. And so one day she calls Sister Pat. You remember this? And she says, Pat, Sweetie Peach, it's Sarita. And she said, oh, Sarita, well, what's going on? She said, well, Sandra, oh, Sandra went home to be with the Lord. Oh, Sandra, oh, she's so young. Oh, she said, no, Sweetie Peach. She's just in the hospital. And Sister Pat said, then why are you the one calling me? <laughs> Sometimes we make associations, don't we? Yeah, we make associations. We we attach things, and it doesn't always have to be true. Am I right about it? See, sometimes a relative calls, but since that relative only calls uh, when when they need some money, we don't even say hello, and we, we say, you know, I, I ain't got it. I'm so broke today. I, I, I'm poor. I can't afford the O and the R. I ain't got—no, I didn't call for that. You didn't. Because we make that association because every time we hear from them you're thinking about somebody right now aren't you i, I sure hope you ain't sitting beside them amen yeah because we make the association because the only time they call us is when they need money some of you have girlfriends and uh, the only time they have time for you is when they're mad at their boo girl yeah, but the only time she calls and has time for you is when she's mad at her boo. Or that partner, that road dog. Every time you hear from him, uh, he wants to go out. It's after you got paid. <laughs> and you know what happened every time you would be at the restaurant. The first time it happened, oh, you know, dog, you have to break me off a piece because, you know, man, you know, I'm a little short. Break your brother off a little something, something. Yeah, or the person that never calls you when they're on the mountaintop, but always call you when they're in the valley. (laughs) And as soon as you answer your phone, if you answer your phone, because you made the association, (laughs) they may not even be calling for that, (laughs) but because they do it so often. Now, that's the disciples in this text, because Jesus is telling them to get into a boat, Every time they are told to get into the boat and get on the sea, boat plus sea equals storm. I can imagine them looking at each other, not saying anything. Oh, no. In the boat? Oh, not the boat. Not again. Because the boat equals a storm. And they were right to make the association. In John chapter 6, verses 16 through 24, they get into a boat, and the text says, this time Jesus wasn't with them. Listen to what it says, verse 16, and when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. Jesus was not with them. The boat now uh, is in 60 feet of water in the midst of the sea of Galilee. See, of Galilee is between two mountains, and whenever you look at the Sea of Galilee, what would happen is because of the Mediterranean Ocean, uh, the winds would come through the mountains, and all of a sudden uh, there would be a swirl of water. And this must have been something uh, because this was something that made even the fishermen who all their lives had fished on this sea afraid. And so, I tell you all the time, but I need to start off letting you know, if you're going through a storm right now, and you know, you're either headed toward a storm, you're in a storm, or you're leaving a storm. And when I said this before, a couple years ago, somebody said, all three, Pastor Ford, all three, they was going into a storm, they in a storm, and they just leaving the storm. And storms are part of the life. But I tell you all the time, what we're going to see in this text, they're going to bring some things out of the storm— that they never would have had had they not gone through the storm. Uh, That we need to understand that we grow in the storms of life. And in this text, in the storm, they learn the ministry of Jesus in the storms of life. So I came to tell somebody this morning, if you're headed to a storm or you're in a storm or you're just leaving a storm, I want you to know uh, that even if you're getting ready to sleep, to text, to tweet, or to go on to Instagram for the rest of the sermon, I came to tell you, don't give in, don't give over, don't give out, don't give up. In the words of those two great theologians, Sam and Dave, any real old school people in the house, no, Sam and Dave. They said, hold on. I'm coming. Turn it up. Turn it up. Never be sad. Lean on me. The times are bad. Yeah, you got to be real. Now, that's the new version, because that's not the version I know. But, But listen to the words. Listen to the words. Don't you ever be sad. Lean on me when the times get bad. When the day comes and you're down in a river of trouble and about to drown, just hold on, I'm coming. Hold on, I'm coming. I'm on my way, I'm your lover. If you get cold, yeah, I will be your cover. Don't have to worry, because I'm here. No need to suffer, because I'm here. Just hold on, I'm coming. Hold on, I'm coming. And then I like that that little vamp part where he says, Reach out to me boom boom for satisfaction. Yeah. Bon Call my name, yeah. For reaction, baby. And I said, man, now tell me that don't sound like what Jesus said. Yeah, call my name. Yeah. For reaction. Yeah, what do we do? In the middle of the night, when your body is racked with pain, you don't say, oh, bulls, oh, bears. or do you say, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's the name you call Jesus. Call my name for satisfaction. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And that's what exactly Jesus says to us. See, we've got to understand. We as believers must learn All blessings must be balanced with burdens. We want the blessings, but we don't want the burdens. And generally, the blessings don't come until after the burdens.
1: would be nice if that was a little out of balance sometimes, right? But, uh, you know, that is the way God does seem to work so often, and good to be reminded of that. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. We'll continue our message, Hold On, I'm Coming, in just a moment. So hope that you'll hold on. Hey, if uh, you're holding on in your marriage and it's getting tough, I want to encourage you to check out some of the books that Pastor Ford has written along these lines. You'll find them when you come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the links that say Books by Pastor Ford. Let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford.
0: Yeah. And so God wants us to know all sunshine makes a desert, that even roses have thorns, and that we don't grow when the weather's always fair and we're able to meet all of our needs, or that science has all the facts, or that technology is the answer, or that the friendly skies really belong to an airline, or what's good for the company is good for the country, or that we're really safe in the hands of GMC when we should be trusting in God or that our security is having a piece of the rock instead of standing on Christ the solid rock or or that we're really okay with all state, the good hands people, instead of holding to God's unchanging hands. See, there's no youth trying to drown your sorrows. Ask me why. They swim too well. Mm Mm-hmm. This text teaches us this timeless truth. When things get out of control, Jesus is still in control. Amen. That this is a sign from God to point back to God. That Jesus here will show his deity through His sovereignty. What is His sovereignty? That His exercise of power over all creation. Amen. We ought to walk out of here encouraged because of the ministry of Jesus in the storms of life. What's the first one? Glad you asked. You asked intelligent questions. Number one, Jesus places us in the storm. Now I want you to see because John uh, doesn't give us as much information as the other synoptic gospels. So we'll be flipping back and forth, and uh, it's easy to do if you got a smartphone. Here's what the Bible tells us. John records that Jesus was not with them. That's his focus. But Mark gives us additional information. Look at Mark chapter 6 verse 45, Mark chapter 6 verse 45, and straightway He constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. He constrained them. Listen, listen, straightway, immediately. Now, Jesus, why would you send them, make them go as a mood of command? In other words, they don't have an option about this. Get in that boat and get on over to the other side. Why would you do that knowing Let me ask you something. What you're going through right now, did he know you were going through that? Is there anybody in here who's like I used to be? I used to say, you knew it was happening because you know everything. Then why? But I changed my question when I became a, a mature believer. Here's what I did, Elder. I changed it to, what is this storm designed to do? Is it designed to take something out of me that you don't want in me because there's too much Ford and not enough Lord? Is it designed to set things up so that I could be a blessing to somebody else because of what I went through and had victory in? What, what, what's it all about, Alfie? Oh, I'm sorry, what's it all about, Almighty? There's something going on here. God always has a plan. I'm gonna talk about it in the morning. I mean, in the minute, in the morning, Lord, I'm I'm tired, y'all, I'm tired. (laughs) Now, they've been with him for two years. Look at the miracles they've seen. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him heal sick people. They've seen him turn water into wine. John wants us to know they've had this as their experience. (laughs) And he sends them into the storm, even though he knew they were headed for it. Why didn't Jesus send them by land? Well, you know why, because when they get out of this storm, they're going to know something else about Jesus that they didn't know before that storm. Can I bottom line it? Say bottom line it, Pastor Ford. Everything we go through is about this text. It's not about being blessed. It's not about uh, Benjamins and Bling and Bugattis and Babes and Benzes. It's not about that. It's not about the money. I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. I don't, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I ain't throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I'm telling you what the bottom line is. Everything, I mean everything, is supposed to point us to him where we begin to say, wow wow i've been walking with jesus for 42 years but he just wowed me again wow he just did something that i've never seen him do before wow yes, sir. he's amazing he's awesome that's what it's all about now you can go to sleep for the rest of the sermon because i don't really gave you the gist of what everything is really all about in other words, now he's leading us, he's guiding us. My wife and I, uh, when we were living in the Parsonage, we had a hooptie, some of you remember my hooptie. Uh, I came, uh, this used to be the parking lot, and uh, one time I came out of that door uh, from Bible study and the women were out in the parking lot who had had Bible There's about 20 women out there, and uh, I had a blue hooptie then. And I, I had an alarm on it, but I didn't put the alarm on it. I bought it, it had an alarm on it. And so I clicked the alarm, and they all started laughing. And I said, I said, why are y'all laughing? And they said, fast forward, that car's so raggedy, the alarm probably costs more than the car. I said, it did. But since y'all only pay me $23,000 a year, that's all I can afford. I shut them up real quick. But we're driving in a hoopty. Now, you know it's hoopty. You see a hoopty. A hoopty is, you know, you got a, a red car with a blue door. That's a hoopty. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Somebody else have to help you drive it. That's a hoopty. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so, in our hoopty, only the uh, driver's side window washer worked. So, we're going up exchange, my wife and I, and it's a torrential downfall. It rained a, you know, and so we had to slow up. Because like I said, we're in a hoopty because, you know, the rain on the outside was getting on the inside. <laughs> so all of a sudden the wife, the wife looks at me and, and she says, I can't see where we're going. To which I replied, you don't need to. I'm driving. And uh, she got attitude. I ain't going to tell you what she said to me. Amen. <laughs> not in church. I ain't going to tell you in church. I ain't going to tell you in church. But she said some choice words to me, you know. Don't be getting smart with me, you know. But I said, but 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 baby, I mean, you know, you get the point? And then I said, write this down for me. She said, you ain't making that no sermon illustration. I said, yes, I am. She said, not unless you pay me. And so I paid for this one. Amen. To share this cost me 200 bucks. <laughs> And so, I said, put it down, because that's the problem. I used to see that 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 bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. I used to think, why is he your co-pilot? That means he's in the passenger seat. He should be driving the vehicle, and that's what's going on with you right now. You're going through, but I need you to know that Jesus is in the driver's seat, and the windshield wiper on your side doesn't work, because you don't know what's going on. And you're saying, I don't understand this. Why are things like this tore up from the floor? Oh, God. And he says, don't worry, I'm driving. I know where I'm taking you. Even though you can't see, I can see. I know where we're going, and I'm the one that's taking you to... So take a chill pill and ride out this storm, because I am with you, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody ought to be giving God praise.
1: Well, I hate to pause there, but uh, a good place to pause, we ought to be giving God praise, right? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called, Hold On, I'm Coming, and we'll get back to this next time. You want to make sure you don't miss a broadcast, listen online. Come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, as someone tunes in and listens to Moody Radio, not only are they going to hear this Bible teaching program, but just a wide array or variety of of programming that can really be used to encourage and help them grow in their walk with Christ.
0: Oh, yes. And you're going to hear things that are going to build you up in your most precious faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, I say it all the time, but you know, sometimes what we do is uh, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to amass bills we can't pay to please people we don't like and don't care anyway. Hmm. We are going to be held accountable for our stewardship. Isn't it amazing that we can send it ahead uh, by giving to Moody Radio? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's an investment that draws a dividend that has eternal consequences. And I, I mean, when you invest in Moody Radio, you are actually investing in
1: the only two things that last forever, the word of God and the souls of men and women. Well, you can make an investment right now by coming to our website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the Donate button. We need both the ongoing monthly gifts and the one-time gifts. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Thanks for giving and for listening. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.